So today, brothers and sisters, let us open the word in First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. And today we'll be looking at some steps of healing for backsliders. So backsliding and lukewarmness, lukewarmness have been a battle with me. Um, there are many things the, the Lord needs to mature in me and sanctify and I have been disciplined by God and by those who care for my soul several times in my Christian life. And by that, I know also that I am a loved son. So that's what Hebrews says. And the Lord is teaching me humility and to be genuine through all of this. So the word I want to share with you is something that God visited me with in healing backsliding. And we'll see how this applies as well for revival, because that's what revival is. is the church healing from backsliding from that captivity. So let's read 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 25. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Amen. So what I want to show you from these verses is that the Christian at all times needs to follow Christ's steps. Um, especially when he's lost his way and um, in any suffering, the Christian is to follow his steps to find the way back. And the church seeking revival needs to follow on Christ's steps to find that way back. And uh, I see these five verses as steps back to Christ. Now, this is a deeply devotional interpretation of these five verses but i see it as five verses with steps back to christ and if you're ever in a situation of backsliding where you feel stuck and discouraged remember these five verses because they have steps following the example of christ back to the lord and so we'll see these steps and see what the result at the end is but let's look at the first one in verse 22. It says, Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Now we're talking about following Christ's example. How should a backsliding individual or church follow this example? Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. 
we need to turn away from sin. That's the first way in which we imitate Christ here. We, we turn away from sin. We have nothing to do with sin, just as he had nothing to do with sin in any form. And secondly, to be completely honest and genuine before God and man, no matter how hard it may seem. We need to confess everything. In our mouth, there should be no guile. We shouldn't be hiding anything. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputes, uh, imputes not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my rotting all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turning to the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgave the iniquity of my sin. So you see how hiding sin, as it says in Proverbs, says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoso confess and forsake them shall have mercy. And so that's the first step. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. So does the church need to do if it will have revival. It all needs to come out. The church that covered sin shall not prosper, as uh, Richard Owens Robert said. And so that's the first step. And now what's the second step? Verse 23. We continue to follow the example of Christ, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges, ju judges righteously. So, okay, now I have opened my heart before the Lord. I confessed all my transgression and hid nothing. But now I am in suffering. I am hurting because I have grievously sinned. I broke the covenants, the commandments. I don't even uh, believe in my own repentance anymore. Um, joy and peace are graces I have sinned away. I feel a cold silence from heaven. It's dark, yes, but the light of Christ's example will guide you back again. So how do we follow the example of verse 23? When he suffered, he committed himself to him that judges righteously. So in your grief, Commit yourself to him that judges righteously. Lord, I have sinned. I commit myself to your hands. I throw myself at your grace. I have no righteousness. I have nothing but you. Here's my life. And this is what David did as well. When he sinned and faced the frown of God against him, says the word, and David said unto God, I am in a great strait. Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. So he knew God. He knew his mercies are great. And so when you fall in his hands, instead of judgment, in his hands, 
you will learn greater depths of his grace. If someone ever thinks that they are at a point beyond grace, it means they haven't learned yet all that grace is. And if they choose to trust God anyway, they are in for a big new discoveries of the depths of his grace available for them in Christ. And it will be so big that they will feel very small and worship. But now moving on, coming back to, the, to, to our text, we find lastly that our last step, uh, going back to God, see, let's see it as a conversation. Okay, uh, verse 24. Before that, we said, okay, I opened my heart and confessed all my sin. Now I'm committing myself to him that judges righteously. And what can I say? Verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Lord, be thou the judge. Thy son bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. If he bore my sins and took my place, then my case is settled. I commit myself unto him that judges righteously. And instead of sinning, this is what we will do now. Consider ourselves being dead to sins and now live unto righteousness. Thou shall live and not die. So live unto righteousness. And this echoes the earlier exhortation, exhortation if you go back to verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts that war against the soul. So God is healing your backsliding. Now I beseech you, abstain from the fleshly lusts that war against the soul. In other words, go and sin no more. Woman, what are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? No man, Lord. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And so what is the final answer to all of this in, in verse 24 and 25? The Lord answers from Isaiah 53. By whose stripes you were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray. But now, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of, our, of your souls. And this is what the church will be like in revival. We were as sheep going astray, but we want the church to be now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. So with this, let's open our hearts and pray uh, to the shepherd and pray for backsliders being healed uh, to return to grace. And that uh, the Lord will really manifest himself in, in a great move again. Amen.